To get your free audio gift, The Three Pillars of Achieving Your Perfect Weight Using the Mind-Body Connection, go to healthymindfitbody.com and enter your first name and email address, and we'll send that to you right away. Welcome, everyone, to Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast Episode 32. This is Wes, and I have Kevin on the other line. Hey, Kev. Hey, Wes. How's it going? Good. We are recording over Skype once again. I'm still up in North County. I think last time I was up here too, right? Yeah, second week in a row. Yeah, whether you're in uh, the North County or down in Pacific Beach area, we still get this May gray going on. I guess the sun's kind of poking through now, but... um, Yeah, Saturday we had an awesome summer-like day, and then Sunday when I was had a volleyball game scheduled, it was freezing cold, windy, foggy, and a little bit of mist, so... How did the volleyball go? Was it pretty exerting? No, not good at all. I uh, <laughs> I think I injured myself twice in the game, and I blame it on the cold because mm-hmm. I don't think I warmed up enough. But uh, yeah, I, I first had like a quad injury. I was trying to pop up after getting the ball and strained the left quad a little bit. And then uh, later in the game, I was just going to bump just uh, past the ball and leaned over a little bit, and something snapped in my neck, and Ooh. it just gave me a throbbing headache. So yeah, I'm still feeling a little bit of the effects of that, but uh, hopefully... Now you're quadriplegic, right? You have to eat through a straw? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm done. That's not very funny, folks. I can work out my healthy mind, but the fit body's going to go. <laughs> exactly. You're going to atrophy all aspects from the neck down. Well, yeah, probably just a little bit of a strained muscle in the neck then, huh? Yeah, something like that. It's kind of like a whiplash type effect, but hopefully it doesn't last uh, as long as my last whiplash did, which was like a year and a half. So, mm-hmm. Not good, yeah. So, yeah, we'll leave it out to up in North County. Let's see. I did a super slow workout yesterday because it was kind of a quick thing in the gym. I wanted to get it done quickly. And those are good because you're only doing one set per body part. So even though you're doing you know 10-second reps, it's just one set. Typically, I do like five sets per body part, sometimes six. Mix it up with a couple different exercises. Yeah, I like the efficiency of that workout. Yeah, and the first time I ever tried it, I was like skeptical because I was thinking, I'm going to lose all my strength because I've got to drop the weight in order to do a 10-second rep. You know, you can't, Yeah. you know, you just can't do the regular amount of weight. And uh, I didn't lose any strength. I tested myself to... Uh, like the max on bench, and I didn't lose any weight. If anything, I gained some strength. Yeah, that was my month trial in the super slow workout, and it's uh, it's definitely an interesting workout to try out, especially if you're trying to work through an injury, like we mentioned in the book. Yeah, um, as an alternative to a typical exercise that you do. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah. Even though there are some skeptics out there about the super slow, um, it definitely mm-hmm. has its share of critics in the weightlifting community and the fitness community. But uh, it's definitely something to try. Yeah. So this episode is our last in the series of the six pillars of self-esteem. We're on the sixth pillar. Yeah, and Nathaniel Brennan wraps up this part with the practice of personal integrity. Well, there's a good definition he provides at the beginning of the chapter. Mm -hmm. He says, integrity is the integration of ideals, convictions, standards, beliefs, and behavior. When our behavior is congruent with our professed values, when ideals and practice match, we have integrity. Mm Mm-hmm. Another way of putting it would be congruence. Words and behavior match. So what you do and what you profess are integrated. And that sounds easy enough, right? At least on paper. It looks good on paper, but it's oftentimes 
hard to get those things to work together when, especially when you don't have your values sketched out explicitly. Right. Yeah, that's the important thing, I think, is, is having those values sketched out. And he makes a good point that resonated with me, and I think will resonate with a lot of people, is this um, one of the great self-deceptions is to tell oneself, only I will know. Only I will know I'm a liar. Only I will know I deal unethically with people who trust me. Only I will know I have no intention of honoring my promise. And that's easy to do in the realm of nutrition and fitness. It's super easy to just go, oh, well, only I know that I'm eating this whole pizza or only I know that I'm skipping a couple workouts this week. And that starts to add up and that becomes that easily becomes a pattern. As I've noticed in my life, when I start to do those things, um, when you get back to the integrity, you start holding yourself accountable instead of worrying about you know all these other people. Yeah, because only you are going to be suffering the effects of that mental trickery process, ultimately. Right. You know, it's like, even though other people may be not privy to what's going on, each person as an individual is aware of their own actions, and you are responsible for you know, what choices you make and what choices you fail to make in this process of living with integrity. Right. And do you think that it's difficult for people because we live in this authoritarian culture and we grow up with parents that are kind of watching over our shoulders and then we have teachers that are, you know, ready to punish us with detention or whatever? Do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. Exactly. So it, it seems like it's kind of ingrained in most people's mind by the time they get out of high school or college. It's like, you just have this kind of feeling that uh, everyone else is looking after you. And then so it's, it becomes this thing where you kind of cheat when you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And we see adults cutting corners a lot. The whole do as I say, not as I do mantra is really the ultimate example of not living with integrity. And that's just conveyed as a message to us as kids that, you know, most people in the adult world lie to themselves a lot. They lie to other people. They don't actually do what they say. And we have to come to terms with that, or we just try to cope and we end up repeating the same sort of patterns of behavior. It's really about honoring yourself. And this whole book, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, is about honoring yourself and living according to what you know is true yeah. and not faking it, basically. And so trying to align your stated values, what you really know to be true, and living that in your behavior is one of the key things. And uh, he mentions here, when we betray our standards, that's really acting against your own judgment and betraying your own mind. Mm -hmm. He says, hypocrisy by its very nature is self-invalidating. It is mind rejecting itself. A default on integrity undermines you and contaminates your sense of self. It damages you as no external rebuke or rejection can damage you. I think that's pretty important because, yeah. again, like you mentioned, the external rewards and punishments and stuff are really not what we should take into account. We should take into account the internally generated patterns of behavior and thoughts and values. And those need to be aligned with reality, obviously, for us to benefit. Yeah, and I think this one is actually, in my opinion, is the hardest of all of the six pillars, even though it doesn't seem like it should be that hard. And he says here, most of the issues of integrity we face are not big issues, but small ones. Yet the accumulated <laughs> weight of our choices has an impact on our sense of self. So I think that's the thing is that people use these, and I've been guilty of this in the past, where you use these little lies and, and they're just like, they're little things, but then they all kind of add up to how you're living your life. And that's where it's important to uh, kind of get a hold of that part of the integrity. Mm -hmm. And it kind of begs the question about 
the ways we rationalize the little lies and stuff. People have, perhaps they have a standard that says, oh, white lies are okay. Big lies are not so okay, but white lies are okay. Right. But then all of a sudden it starts to blend into the entirety of your life and pretty soon you end up living lies on a daily basis. And that's not good for your own sense of integrity and your own ability to achieve things in your life. That's really operating in a discordant fashion with what a human being requires. You know, the self-esteem aspects that we've covered in the previous podcast. All the six pillars are this combined comprehensive view of yourself and how you act in reality in relation to yourself and other people that should be for beneficial purposes and for positive components of your life and to generate happiness. And it becomes sort of easy to undermine that process if one doesn't focus on the explicit values that you really need to be gaining and or keeping. Because he has a section here that says, what if our values are irrational? Yeah. You know, while it is easy enough to recognize at a common sense level the relationship between self-esteem and integrity, the issue of living up to our standards is not always simple. What if our standards are irrational or mistaken? You know, it gets back to the white lies is permissible sort of thing. Yeah. We may accept or absorb a code of values that does violence to our nature and needs. For example, certain religious teachings implicitly or explicitly damn sex, damn pleasure, damn the body, damn ambition, damn material success, damn for all practical purposes the enjoyment of life on earth. Damn it. If children are indoctrinated with these teachings, what will the practice of integrity mean in their lives? Some elements of, quote, hypocrisy may be all that keeps them alive. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, so you have to be hypocritical to live with integrity in some instances. Mm, yeah, that's really <laughs> a, a double whammy there. Yeah. Because it undermines your own life and well-being and it undermines the very concept of integrity. Yeah, and also it goes back to just bringing it back to nutrition or diet. Yeah, how does the integrity issue, and this is what this podcast is really all about, a healthy mind, fit body, how does it relate to the essential components of developing a fit body? Yeah, I mean, we didn't all grow up with the greatest messages when it comes to eating. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, we had to clean our plates and we, we also had dessert every night or even after every meal. And that was fine. And low fat is good and fat is bad and all kinds of just bad messages out there. And that leads to, uh, what does he say? Um, if that's integrity to you, then you're, you're going to have to be hypocritical to overcome that and change those beliefs. Sure, if we subscribe to the calorie theory of weight loss and that, you know, the more exercise we do, the more weight we're going to lose. And if we just cut our calories and adhere to the high-carb, low-fat diet, which is widely promoted still, which is all wrong, obviously, as we've covered. It's not so obvious, I guess, if you just listen right. to the headlines. and Listen to the, all of our podcasts, it's obvious. Yeah, after listening to all that, it's obvious. Um, but if you adhere to all that, you're living with integrity, supposedly. But it's the wrong information. It's the wrong standards by which to live with integrity. So it gets back to what we've said time and time again about the three pillars, which is the free bonus audio that we have to download from our site. It's crucial to understand those core elements that are aligned with the reality of the situation, the truth of nutrition and your own mindset and your own motivation in this process of achieving your perfect weight. I mean, all that is combined into a way of living that is aligned with reality, aligned with what's good for you. And as Brandon mentions, he has a section in here on following your bliss, mm -hmm. discussing the complexities of moral decision-making in a lecture once. I was asked what I thought of Joseph Campbell's counsel to follow your own bliss. Did I believe it was ethically appropriate? I answered that while I liked what I believed to be Campbell's basic intention, 
His statement could be dangerous if divorced from a rational context. I suggested this modification if I were forced to condense my ideas on morality into a single sentence. Live consciously, take responsibility for your choices and actions, respect the rights of others, and follow your own bliss. Yeah, that makes it a little more specific than just uh, the general blanket statement of follow your bliss. Mm-hmm. You have to really know what is true, outline those things, and start living in accordance with them, which is difficult in our culture because he has another section in this chapter about keeping your integrity in a corrupt world. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting because it's something that we all have to deal with when we're dealing with issues like this and bringing honesty into our lives. Yeah, ignorance is not bliss. So to follow your bliss, you really have to know what the truth is in these matters, whether it's about nutrition, whether it's about fitness, whether it's about living your own life according to your own happiness, rather than living up to other people's expectations. Because he says here, the challenge for people today, and it is not an easy one, is to maintain high personal standards while feeling that one is living in a moral sewer. So it reaches out to the broader context, and you know he noted the religious aspects of hypocrisy. When we live in a society, a culture where morality is not really understood in a logical, objective fashion, but rather is just kind of these catchphrases and bromides about what it means to be a moral person, rather than what is objectively required for a person who wants self-esteem. Yeah, he also mentions, uh, you know, he says, if we live in a society where business associates, corporate heads, political figures, religious leaders, and other public personalities hold themselves to high standards of morality, it is relatively easier for an average person to practice integrity than in a society where corruption, cynicism, and amorality are the norm. And it's like this whole idea that uh, <laughs> whenever somebody comes out, like some politician, it turns out that he lied about something, and then everyone's shocked. <laughs> and it's like, what happened to all these other times? I mean, for years, and it's, it's gone on for centuries that politicians lie. But yet every time a big lie comes out, it's always a big shock in the media. And yeah, it's kind of like beating your head against the wall. You're just doing the same thing. The same things keep happening over and over and over, but yet we're not seeing it. And we're just going along with it. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the norm. So the idea is to kind of get past that and see these things as they are, and then be able to live a life of integrity in a world that isn't always so much along those lines. Yeah, it's easy to, you know, hope for the best and expect the worst, given the nature of the culture, given the institutions that are set up, that actually subvert people's ability to live with integrity. I mean, politics is a case study of that. Yeah, and every time a new bill was signed or a new law, then people are so hopeful that this law is going to make everything better. Even though all the other ones before it <laughs> didn't, didn't do anything, it made things worse. No, this time it's going to be different. And legislating morality, especially in the realm of nutrition, you know, all the nutritional guidelines yeah. and so forth. Uh, the latest one was they're thinking about how they can restrict sodium in all the different foods that are offered to people in the marketplace. Yeah. It's like this top-down moralizing has nothing to do with living with personal integrity. It actually subverts it because now you're looking to a set of authorities that have the force of law behind them to try to make you live a good life and to eat the right foods and so forth, but that's not going to get you on the right path. I mean, it's best to just ignore all these false uh, prophets, if you will, these authorities in our lives that try to tell us what to do, and to just focus on your own self-esteem and what you know to be true, and looking past all the dogma and all the, uh, the statements by experts that they want you to just swallow whole without actually looking at the details in them. Yeah, it just goes back to, again, self-knowledge and, you know, knowing why you're mm-hmm. making the decisions that you are and 
changing anything that's not working for you. Yeah, exactly. The final thing in here he mentions that I think is really an important concept is the principle of reciprocal causation. Mm -hmm. Behaviors that generate good self-esteem are also expressions of good self-esteem. Living consciously is both a cause and an effect of self-efficacy and self-respect, which are the two components of self-esteem. And so is self-acceptance, self-responsibility, and all the other practices he describes. Mm -hmm. The more you live consciously, the more you trust your mind and respect your worth. And if you trust your mind and respect your worth, it feels natural to live consciously. And the more you live with integrity, the more you enjoy good self-esteem. And if you enjoy good self-esteem, it feels natural to live with integrity. So, it works both ways. Yeah, that's a great point. Yesterday, I was actually thinking of this quote that I learned from uh, T. Harv Ecker, who wrote The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. He says, Mm -hmm. uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. So I think that really Mm -hmm. applies here with self-esteem and courage and things like that. So if you're going to lie throughout your day, little white lies all throughout your day, then that's kind of how your life's going to go. But if you are living with integrity in every possible instance, then uh, yeah, that's going to reflect in your level of happiness and your level of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And of course, it can be difficult to live with integrity when you've had a pattern of taking shortcuts and cutting corners and all that. So that is a self-esteem building process by which to come to terms with the mistakes that you've made and the patterns you've set for yourself that are not in line with your own life and well-being and a healthy mind fit body. And uh, of course, in our book, we have at the end a sentence completion program, a seven-day program by which you can become more aware of this dynamic that's been set up in your subconscious and the way that the patterns of behavior are not aligned with what you know to be true. You can become aware of that and work through it and actually make it easier on yourself to live with integrity. Because, again, it is about following your bliss. And eventually, living with integrity will become a very easy thing. And you'll be able to spurn all these bad influences in your life, and including your own influences on yourself about... You know, what foods to eat, what foods not to eat, binging and the yo-yo dieting and all that kind of stuff. That will be a much easier process to deal with and to remedy when you raise your awareness on these subconscious issues of the processes by which you fail to live with integrity and how you can get back on track, basically. Yeah, and, and living with integrity is its just developing a new habit, replacing bad habits mm-hmm. with good ones. Exactly. And then you'll be a positive influence on other people too, and it'll be a sort of reciprocal causation in the realm of your social affairs too. Yeah. It's a win-win situation. So thanks for listening to this series on the six pillars. We're going to get back into the nutrition and fitness stuff, and I think we have an interview coming up next show, right, Kev? Yeah, we have an interview with a famous personal trainer on the East Coast, so that'll be interesting. Absolutely. And of course, if you have any comments or questions about anything related to the psychology of this stuff or the fitness stuff, feel free to comment in the blog or after the show notes of our shows. Of course, you can find us on iTunes. We've got a link in the show notes as well as on the website, healthymindfitbody.com. And shoot us an email if you have any questions, info at healthymindfitbody.com, and we'll answer your questions. Sounds great. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Take care, and we'll talk to you next week.